Is your soul ready for the truth? Welcome to Chatcast, the award-winning spiritual podcast that takes on all the hard topics. Raw, unfiltered, and authentic. No spiritual or relationship issue is off limits. We discuss everything from sex and consent to equality, grief, death, and the spirit world. Life evolves around relationships. So if you're ready to get right with yourself so you can be right with others, then stay right here because Chatcast is for you. Now, here's your host, spiritual empath, shaman, and multiple award-winning best-selling author, Tracy Dunblazer. Hi, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Chatcast. Chatcast is the spiritual podcast where we take on all the hard topics. And I'm Tracy Dunblazer. I'm a spiritual empath and shaman. And as you know, this is a call-in show. So put in your phone, 323-203-0815, because I know you're going to want to talk to me today about our topic, which is burnout. What is burnout? Because we Right now, as a society, as a culture, uh, as our as many communities, we are burnt the fuck out, and it it's hard. I'm do I'm doing this topic because, frankly, I'm burned out. <laughs> I uh, just you know, in in addition to the pandemic things, right? In addition to that, I'm I'm working on a new book on grief, and it's it's even even talking with people as an as an empath i work with people and i connect with them in such a way where it it puts me in a position to take on some of what they have and on one level it's an honor to do so but on another level it it it's taxing and we're all feeling that way right now we are all feeling inundated with our relationships with people with our relationships to the media with the in, environmental world you know, right now it's interesting because the the divisiveness that's happening in our media outlets and the uh, you know very disparate perspectives that people have and the unwillingness to want to find a common ground, right? You know why that is? Because of burnout. When people get burned out, we want to work less at being connected, being committed, being uh, uh, compassionate and our and our willingness to compromise. So I want to read you a little thing from my book, Heal Your, Heal Your, Conquer Your Karmic Relationships. I can't even remember my own title. Conquer Your Karmic Relationships, Heal Spiritual Trauma to Open Your Heart and Restore Your Soul. And it's, it's a section that comes from uh, part two affinity, which is all about relationships. And one of the things that it talks about is uh, connecting with power and presence. It is possible to feel power, to feel in power and empowered by all our relationships. Although life and duality require experiencing powerlessness and disempowerment, 
as an opportunity for education and healing. We must learn to relate to it, not as conflict, but as a ritual of disintegration and reintegration into a better form. All things in life fall apart so that they may come together in a way better suited for our current needs. Just so you know, that's a spoiler alert. All things in life fall apart so they may come together in a way better suited for our current needs. This perspective can give you the ability to address all your relational, cha uh, relational challenges with an open heart and mind and remaining where your power lies in the moment. So when we talk about our relationships, how we perceive them, how we interact with them is all based on our patterns, patterns that may today be outdated. I find that when we begin to experience a lot of internal conflict or external conflict, having conflict with the people around us, uh, with the ideals that we see swirling around us that we may or may not agree with, right? When we begin to have conflict with all of those things, as many people are having that right now, it's because there is a need for a change on a larger scale. That means a cultural change, a societal change, an ideological change. And the way we learn to expand, not by colonizing and taking over ownership of things, but we expand our thinking into a way we can include everyone. The way that we can relate to and recognize other people, other businesses, other lifestyles, other orientations that we can begin to see how we are interconnected with everyone and everything and how we all rely on the planet to sustain us. So as that need begins to right, right now, the earth is showing us what she needs from us and she's showing us through her weather patterns that are getting more intense wiping entire communities off, off, sometimes off the planet. So she's letting us know what she needs from us. And now we have to adjust. We have to learn to begin to change what we think we need and what we think we want and allow those ideals to shift. So I want to hear what you have to say about that. So call in today at 323-203-0815. Spiritually speaking, burnout is the fatigue you feel when you're going against the flow of life or the changes that your highest self has planned for you. So in an interpersonal way, when you begin to experience frustration, anger, feeling victimized, 
feeling put upon. You begin to feel those things. That's that's your spirit telling you that the flow that you're in is not working for you. You know, you may not be setting boundaries in a way that is effective. You may not be standing up for yourself in a way that you need, or you may not be championing others, connecting with others who have a like mind. And how can we know who people really are unless we make the effort to get to know them? Which is another thing. It's, it's the willingness to risk intimacy. A lot of times, a lot of, a lot of the, the burnout people are feeling right now is because, you know, because of the last four and five years of politics, <laughs> we, we think that that's intimacy. We think we know people better because they parroted one belief system or another. But that's not who they are. People, people are parroting whatever it is that they're parroting. Or maybe they, maybe they have their own uh, deeply thought out uh, ideas. But rarely did we see the opportunity to truly understand how each individual got to the belief that they have. Because underneath, it, it, when, when people begin to be selfish and self-focused, myopic in their thinking, uh, tyrannical or angry in their thinking or in their approach, it's because there's something that they need that they're not getting. There's something that's happened in their life that is unresolved and ungrieved. So when we don't make the effort to be intimate with one another, which means really be honest about the information that comes, uh, comes up to talk about the facts that we, that are truthful about ourselves. You know, sometimes we don't eat, we're not even honest with ourselves about ourselves. <laughs> How about that? It's, it's, it's uh, easier said than done to admit to yourself certain, certain ways that you feel, certain things that you think, certain things that you want or believe in or think are true or not true. So really, first and foremost, being radically accepting of who you are first. And then because you've done that, you can see what you want to change and move forward on. Because no matter what you do, no matter what I do, life is going to keep moving. Life keeps moving on whether or not we get in the flow. But when we get in the flow of life, of the universe, of the spin that we're in, we get in flow with that, it makes everything easier. Because it's, it's literally like a wind beneath our wings. Right. We don't have to. But we, we are not the source that push us. We are the conduit through which the source. Expresses. And they and source does it through our personality, our minds, our hearts. So it's. It's a partnership. With yourself and the creator or your higher self, however you think of that. Burnout can come when we become weighted down by our inability to control the world outside us. <laughs> ding, 
right? It's it's uh, that that's a big one right now. We we cannot control what other people are doing, or other people are trying to control what we're doing, and we're frustrated because we can't do that. We can't control others, and they can't control us. And somehow the policymakers want you know they they lead us to believe that they're the final word, but the truth is. The politicians are created by us and the lowest common denominator that we as humanity or we as uh, a democratic society or whatever kind of society that you live in, whatever, whatever it is that you're living, you are a product of that. It is your spirit, your connection, your group that has manifested that thing that you're living with. So as you begin to change, as you become free, so will the society you live in. And I know that that's a lofty spiritual idea because it is a lofty spiritual idea. <laughs> it is, but, but it's true. And it is the universal truth that connects us all. The more we free ourselves of our beliefs about what we can do and how we can do it, of what we need and how we can get what we need, Right when we can change change those beliefs and free ourselves, maybe even from the opinions of others, when we can free ourselves from those things, we get in another resolution, another cycle of flow from the universe that helps you to transcend some of those, uh, some of the other problems or issues that you may have had. So think about that. The final thing that I want to talk about burnout before we go to our, our break is uh, burnout happens when we pay attention to the needs of others more than we do our own. And oftentimes what's interesting is that we, we don't do that because we are philanthropic and loving and compassionate, we do that because we are deathly afraid to deal with what we have going on inside. So we would rather distract ourselves, being subservient, submissive, or helpful, caring to others, rather than dealing with what we really need to deal with. The truth is we, we must learn to take care of ourselves first, not take care of ourselves only. I'm not talking about being selfish and saying, you know, I'm the only thing that matters or me and my family, we are the only ones that matter because that's just not true. When you, when you have that belief, when you pull it back to that degree, you isolate yourself from the energy and the help that can support you in ways that you can't know until you have it. Because sometimes when you don't have it, you don't know you don't have it. You just know you're suffering. <laughs> you know you struggle. You know you're frustrated. You know you find it hard to move forward, but you don't know. It's because you are cutting yourself off from the very natural flow that surrounds you. So that's different than distracting yourself by putting somebody else's needs first. Because in your life, nobody is more important than you. If you aren't well, you can't be well and do right by others. And if others aren't well, they can't be well and do right by you. So contemplate those things as we go to break. Uh, it's a little commercial about my first book, Master Your Inner World. 
Are you haunted? Demons know about you. You should know about them. Master your inner world. Embrace your power with joy brings the information that many who suffer spiritual trauma have been waiting for. And the response has been powerful. In this award-winning book, renowned spiritual empath and shaman, Tracy Dunblazer, helps readers understand and gain advantage over spiritual forces and past life influences that impact their lives. Tracy reveals the origin of dark forces and how choices you make will dictate their access to you. Through the tapestry of anecdotes, channelings, and rituals, you will discover your own spiritual awareness and healing power. Master Your Inner World by Tracy Dunblazer. Available where books are sold. Hi, welcome back to Chatcast. Today we're talking about burnout. And I just saw one of the comments on Facebook. Uh, Debbie says she wants to work less. And how do we do that? One, one of the ways that we do that is we have to change our thinking. When you're burnt out, you have less. You have less fucks to give. So <laughs> you're on your last one. So when you're in that place, and we're going to talk about symptoms uh, in a minute, but when, we, when we're in that place of not having extra, we have to work smarter, not harder. You know, I know that that's such a colloquialism, um, but I love it because, because it's just so true and it, it motivates me. It reminds me that that's possible. We can produce more, but do less. Um, I was reading some research, uh, the other day that spoke about, um, the most productive decades in a human life are between 60 and 80. 60 to 70 is the most productive dec decade. And it's interesting because when you're in your childbearing years or in your youth, you are going through your hormonal awakenings right? You're learning how to be human. You're learning how to connect to your body. You're learning how to take care of your body. You're learning how to connect with others and how you connect with others, right? You're learning so many things that while, you know, especially in our generations now of our 20, 20 and 30 year olds, there, we have some incredibly successful, productive people. But at the same time, it is in that age period, no matter how much you produce, when you are sidelined on a lot of levels, I mean, sidelined from productivity, sidelined from being peaceful, <laughs> sidelined from making choices that distract your focus, right? It's, it's, it's a part of being human. It's what we do. But it's when we get so bogged down in the weight of what that is. And, and, you know, one of the things that's also happening is that especially in, in my generation and the generations that came uh, after me, the, the, the kids that grew up in the sixties and seventies, um, that was the beginning of 
people coming in to change to change the ancestral energy cycles and to really be the cycle breakers uh, for families. The, the, the healers that came in and said, I'm not going to do it how we did it before because that is not true or it didn't work. So going back to the, the comment online was, I, I want to work less. Well, how can you do less and produce more? You know, what is it you want to do? How can you make more money doing what you do or doing something else that's adjacent to what you do? What do you want? And what brings you that joy, right? That's, uh, there are ways to get everything that we need. When we're talking about jobs, we, you know, some people think about insurance. Some people uh, think about uh, consistent housing and, and ways that they can be taken care of. And there's a way to have all of those things and manage it yourself. And there's a way to work doing things that don't feel like work to you at all. So your first thought is to change your mind that you have to work really hard for very little pay. Once you say, you know what, I want to get paid a lot and do next to nothing, right? Start there. Of course, you're going you're gonna to work your way in <laughs> to that, that thing that you love to do that doesn't feel like work. So of course, you're going to be working, but it's going to be less strenuous and you're going to be able to make more for it because you have already set your bar out. I want to do next to nothing and make a lot right now. We, pe people are getting hit to that kind of consciousness and it's not about doing less. It's about doing, it, it's about including a lifestyle. It's about including a quality of life. That's what I wanted to say is that including a quality of life in, in, in how you live and in, in your value system that you want to feel good about where you live and what you do and who you spend your time with, right? There are people out there who are spending 40 to 60 hours a week with people that they would not choose otherwise. Isn't that interesting? Spending 60 hours a week with people you would not choose otherwise. And I'm not saying that there's not purpose in it because of course there is, there's always purpose in where we end up and what we're doing, but, uh, that's something, something to think about. So thank you. Thank you for your question, Debbie. So I wanted to talk about the symptoms. Symptoms of burnout. There are physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual symptoms of burnout. And some of the mental and emotional symptoms are irritability and anger, frustration, getting frustrated at everything, getting angry at everything, yelling at the television, <laughs> getting, getting mad at the news or watching, you know, uh, unloading your feelings of rage on, on, uh, online, right? All, all of those are things we do when we are feeling powerless because we are trying to garner some sort of force to move with us. That's what you call on when you, you know, rage online about, about the world and how it needs to be different. So does that bring you the force that you want and need with you that really actually supports you and makes you feel good about yourself and what you're doing to contribute to the world, the world solution? 
So irritability, anger, frustration, uh, weariness, apathy. Apathy is a big one. I just don't want to do it anymore. I just don't, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> right? When you stop having the energy to care. Because caring takes energy. Loving people. While loving people is, I believe it's a spiritual truth. When we do it, it actually builds us up. It opens up a channel in us that allows spirit to move through us and support us. But when you're in a mindset that you've had enough, that you're tapped out, it's hard to open up the heart and let the grief out. Because that's what needs to happen. When we become weary, it's because we are ungrieved in our lifestyle, our circumstance, the weight of things over a period of time that have accumulated. So beginning to pay attention to those things and then ask yourself the question, gosh, am I, am I, am I burned out? So the next thing is, um, thyroid dysfunction. On a physical level, we have general fatigue, adrenal fatigue, thyroid issues, thymus issues. So the thymus is a gland that's, you know, your breastbone. The xiphoid process is just below the breastbone and the uh, thymus gland is just in back of that. And the thymus gland actually, uh, between the thyroid and the thymus, they support your immune system. And when you're feeling tapped out, you will feel a strain of fatigue in your throat. Your glands will swollen. You can see them a little swollen today. That's why that is. Glands will swell. You'll feel just a weariness in the center of your body. You'll feel achy and fatigued. You'll feel foggy in your head. You will be irritable and bored but lacking the desire to take any action on that. Um, sinus problems is another physical response to adrenal fatigue. All of those are immunal, Im immune, immune, immunal system, immune system. <laughs> They're all immune system uh, related in the body. It's how the, it's, it, it's interesting because bacteria in your body and your immune system is what balances and fights off and eliminates bacteria in the body and bacteria in your body. When you have a, an influx of bacteria, it's because you are feeling victimized by something. Spiritually speaking, the, the energy of uh, having too much bacteria in the body or an, or an imbalance of bacteria in the body is, is it comes when we are feeling victimized or we are feeling like we are not getting what we need or we're being taken advantage of. Whatever, however you want to relate to that. Victimized is the, is the trauma term that we use. And not everybody is in deep trauma, but the truth is, as many of you are. Many, you know, there are, we've got uh, first line workers, hospital workers out there who have been desperately trying to save entire groups of people, entire cities of people. And 
when they see that some of those people don't want to take care of themselves in the way that, well, they, they just, they're taking care of themselves only in the way that they can, whatever they're capable of, that's what they're doing. And it's frustrating and it's hard, right? So we've got a whole group of people who, you know, the, the only thing that would change them not feeling victimized is to quit their job. <laughs> and we don't want them to do that. Don't do that. You know, we need them, right? We are all interconnected. Every choice we make impacts other people in our neighborhood, in our family. Uh, and right now uh, it's impacting the world at large. Energetically, we are connected with people and we strengthen them or we dim diminish them with what we think, feel, and present. So uh, I got off track there, but I, I, you know, the, 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 the physical body is directly related to all of the emotions that we have and they, our emotions express at times express themselves through what our physical body is doing and through the balance that it's able to maintain. So drink lots of water, keep the flow going. Um, Okay, so the last thing, when we talk about uh, spiritual symptoms is delusional thinking, delusional thinking and sensitivity and empathy, heightened sensitivity. Those are two spiritual connections to how we relate, the lens that we look at life through. So sometimes we look at life through a lens that makes us believe that things are much worse than they are for us. Or it makes us believe things about other people that aren't necessarily true, but we just don't know because that's not the lens that we're looking through. So uh, we'll probably get to a little more, uh, more of that after this next um, commercial break for Conquer Your Karmic Relationships. Your karma got you down? Claim your history, own your power, and change your life. In this groundbreaking book, Tracy Dumblazer takes an in-depth look at your karmic relationships and repetitive patterns that position you in life. This 10-time award-winning best-selling book will inspire change in you. You'll learn all the ways to reveal, accept, forgive, and transform your relationships on every level, not only to your soulmates and romantic relationships, but how you relate to food, money, family, culture, religion, sex, death, and your environment. Conquer your karmic relationships. Heal spiritual trauma to open your heart and restore your soul. will help you unearth the very core of what drives you, showing how to direct its power into usable, life-giving resources. Through radical acceptance, learn how to recognize your karmic relationships and love yourself and the life you have right now. Pick up a copy of Conquer Your Karmic Relationships anywhere books are sold. Hi, welcome back to Chatcast. I'm Tracy Dunblazer, and today we're talking about burnout. And we were just talking about... Uh, compassion fatigue, and sometimes the delusional thinking that comes with burnout. Meaning sometimes when we feel we are ultra sensitive, all the energies folks focused on us, we are feeling the weight of the world on our shoulders. 
when somebody says something to us or even looks at us in a way that that you know when you're when you're sensitive you feel it like a a punch to the gut or a you know uh, a punch to the throat it's not it's not fun when you are in that highly sensitive place so when a person is in that highly sensitive place oftentimes they're looking through that lens of sensitivity they're they're their focus is on what they don't, what they want not to happen, what they don't want to happen. <laughs> I love double negatives. I am, I do that all the time. Uh, so they focus on what they don't want to happen and they look through the lens of, is it happening? Did it happen? Is it going to happen? Is that going to happen? Should I, should I uh, do this? Should I do that? You know, what should I do? It's a sense of hypervigilance that comes when we are overwrought with emotion, thoughts, and energy uh, that we are unable to process. And again, the most efficient way, and we haven't really talked much, much about this today, but I talk about it frequently uh, in on Chatcast and other forums, is grief. Grief is the way that we, when we cry it out, when we laugh it out, that creates a shift, not only in the physical body, because it literally does change the neurons in the body, uh, it changes the neurons in the brain to, uh, it erases the old neurons, the old messaging, and it allows you space to repopulate those neurons with a new belief, new idea, new thought pattern that you can then over time, you can create a new habit. Right. And that's, that's when we grieve, that's what grief does for us. It helps us to transform and shift how we think. And then in turn, that changes up the lens that we look at life through. We stop taking personally what other people do and begin to fully be accountable for what we are doing and what we want and the impact that it has in the world around us. Right. I mean, that's, that's the process of becoming and the last two years on a spiritual level, like a lot of people are like, why is this happening? You know, are these the end times? <laughs> they in fact are the end times, but it's not, it's not as revelations would have it. It's not the end of the world. It is the end of a way of being in the world. It is the end of being powerless in the world. And it is the end of trying to make other people accountable for who we are and what we do and the impact that it has. And that's why the last two years have been so difficult for so many because the world came to a halt and we had to, we had to stop and look at where we are, what we're doing, how we're living, how we're thinking, how we're feeling, who we're with. More people broke up in the pandemic I would imagine, I mean, I, I'm making up statistics here, but uh, <laughs> I mean, the statistics is really high of, of, of the uh, partner abuse that took place over the last two years and then couples that broke up or got divorced. And that's powerful. And, and part of that is because they finally had to deal with each other, you know, and break that down even further. Each person has to finally deal with who they are, where they're at, what they're doing, why they're doing it. Right. When you, when you, there, there comes a time when you have to actually be honest with yourself about those things. And when you are honest with yourself, you're like, I can't continue that. You know, I can't continue to live in this way. So um, 
the last two years have shown people where they're at and given them an opportunity to see what they need. And then when you are willing to see what you need, the next thing to come to you is how you can get it. So that's where I wanted to go next. I wanted to uh, go back to conquer your karmic relationships. Um, there's a little section I wrote, are you a friend or a healer? Because that's the other thing that we, in order to be a fully accountable person, we need to recognize the difference between someone who is, is being a friend and then someone who who it is their, their goal or their purpose in life to, to heal to heal others. And those, and those two roles, they are very different. They are not the same thing. So, uh, are you a friend or a healer? A friend says what you want to hear. A healer tells you what you need to hear. There are times in our lives when the circumstances are set up for us to experience a loss completely on our own. It's truly one of the most amazing experiences to have worked through a loss or problem for yourself. When we bring others into our grief, we are sharing our grief with them. They share in processing the grief we have. It's an enormous job to put on someone, but one of the greatest acts of love and trust that two people can share in any relationship. So if you're a friend, these are some things that you can do to help other people, your friends who are suffering. You can actively listen and respond with empathy and compassion. You can offer to participate in distracting activities like hiking, shopping, movies, or a visit to the spiritual place of their choice. You can help a friend with their responsibilities, such as house cleaning, car maintenance, food preparation, or anything else that may get swept under the rug in times of grief. Or you can do something thoughtful, send funny text messages, share funny videos, get them a card or a favorite candy, or show up on a lunch break with their favorite venti quadruple half calf, organic almond milk, extra soy whipped cream. Because <laughs> they're going to love you for that. It's sure to bring a smile no matter how fleeting. So that's what, that's what a friend does. Those are helpful. Those are joyful. Those are things that help the person stay in the flow so that the universe can help them with their grief process and to gain the understanding and the insights that they need. It's not your job to give them the insights. It's your job to help them keep the flow going so that they can receive the insights themselves. So that's, that's a big difference. Now, if you're a healer, right? Some people are naturally healers and some people are really, that's what they, that's what their life is about. That's what they, you know, they may have experienced something and they want to pay it forward. So if you're a healer, first of all, you need to gain the permission of the intended receiver. You are not the healing. You are the facilitator. You are the opportunity. You are a conduit through which healing can take place 
with a witness. But you've got to have the permission of the person you're talking to, the person you're working with, whether you're their friend or you don't know them or whatever the relationship is, you you have to have their permission. It's not helpful when you just give people your opinion, especially if they're not prepared for your opinion and they don't want your opinion. (laughs) You know, sometimes people just need to be heard. And as a healer, you can do that. But as a healer, if you're going to give your opinion, it's about making sure that they consciously know it's coming and give you the opportunity to say, you know what? Now's not the time for me for that. Thank you. So listen, digest, reflect, and then give your opinion. If you've known them a long time after perspective, offer your perspective on the part of their journey that you've witnessed. Isn't that an amazing thing, right? The friends that we have over time and space, you know, sometimes it's really potent to say, you know, I've, I've known you for the last 20 years and you've always responded this way. How is this time different? You know, what are you changing in that? Or how have you changed that now you want this other thing, right? Sometimes offering that insight of an objective perspective from having known them for a long period of time is, is invaluable. The next thing is to encourage them to treat themselves kindly and with respect. Times like, like these bring out the inner addict. Whatever you do, don't criticize. Under no circumstance is it helpful if your friend has a tendency to self-medicate with anything. Do your best to be present and offer options that don't include indulgence in uh, substances of any sort. I don't know. Does that include coffee? (laughs) Uh, Probably not. Um, But you want to, you want to be the voice of reason and of balance and Offer them not judgment, but an opportunity to learn moderation, right? When, when we are grieving, sometimes we are just not going to be moderate. You know, if we're going to drink, we're going to tie one on. If we're going to smoke, we're going to do the whole pack. What, whatever it is that we're going to do, we're going to just indulge in it because we want to abuse ourselves and make no mistake. That's what it is. And that's what we want to do. That's what that that inner desire is to is to try to kill whatever the pain is. It never works, but and it's better to know that that's what you're doing rather than to just be doing it blindly, because ultimately, your body can't sustain that. So you're going to have to stop at some point, or it will stop you. You know, so be willing to be that voice of moderation. And if anybody, we've got it, we've got a few minutes left for, for a phone call or two. So if you want to give us a call here at LA Talk Radio at 323-203-0815, I really want to talk to you about this because this is a this is a hard topic, a hard topic of burnout. So the final thing in learning to be a healer and, and the difference between friendship and somebody taking on a healing role is 
if you feel like your friend has a substance issue or they're indulging way too much, how do you address that? Because truthfully, as a friend, you know, sometimes you're not going to address it. Or you're going to make the choice to give up your friendship to address it. Because oftentimes if somebody is an addict and they're in a place, they will cut you loose before they will, you know, if they're not ready to admit that what they're doing is out of balance or it's an issue or they need help. Right? So as a healer, you've got to make the commitment to yourself. And again, there's, there is a, uh, there is a, a response to that, that you may or may not like, and it might make you feel sad and you may have to grieve the, 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 the movement of a relationship. I want to bring that up too. When, when we have as caregivers, so specifically speaking as caregivers, you know, we are not, although we may have friendly relations with people and we may know more about those people than anybody else in their life, part of our fiduciary response, uh, our, our fiduciary obligation, responsibility is to offer them the compassion of truth and to be willing to be the one to get kicked to the curb or to be lashed out at. I'm not saying you have to take it, but it's, it, you know, being in this business, it just happens. People in their lowest moments sometimes go into a trance-like state and say and do things that they, it may take them sometimes a lifetime to remember. <laughs> You know, if they have the opportunity to remember, it might take them their whole life. They might remember it in a few days, it might take them months. Sometimes when people are in a low way, when they are feeling fearful or uncomfortable, terrified, terror, terrorized. And sometimes when we, when we confront people with something about them that they are unprepared to really recognize and deal with, that hits them like terror and, and, and they go blank and maybe a part of their, another part of their personality comes forward that they're not necessarily consciously aware of. So that's when I was talking about the delusional thinking, that's what that is. It's like, we've got multiple personality aspects or tools within us in our soul that over time become integrated as we work on them. But when we're not in that state of integration, we are in a state of disintegration and separation. So, when that's the case, people say and do a lot of sometimes mean things. And as the messenger, sometimes that's a hard thing to, to tolerate. And sometimes you are left in the position to grieve. You know, do not underestimate a daily grief ritual where you give yourself the opportunity to grieve, so that's how I'm going to wrap this up today. Uh, what do you do if you're burned out? Be honest with yourself. Make a list of what you need and whether or not you're getting it and then how you can give it to yourself. Next, do a daily grief ritual. I like to create an altar 
that uh, I put whatever I want to focus on. I put a glass of water, an offering, and a piece of paper and a candle with a piece, a piece of paper that has written on it what what's on my heart. I get it out of myself. And then I start the altar. And often what, what happens is spirit will then lead me to the things that are going to create a space for me to cry or grieve or to laugh uproariously. But whatever it is, it allows me to really shift the energy and transform it as it moves through me. And finally, give yourself space and be patient. You know, having compassion on yourself and, and loving yourself enough to to honor what you need and to set boundaries with people that you that you know you you love them you want to be there for them and do for them but sometimes we just have to say no sometimes we have to say no to ourselves to indulgences and sometimes we have to say no to other people in indulging them in what they can learn to do for themselves so uh that's been our show today on burnout and i I know that all, a lot of people are going through a lot of things out there and I just, uh, just sending a lot of good, good juju your way. You are loved. You are cared for. There are beings that are profound and powerful and with you day and night in light. So don't forget that. Learn how to take care of yourself. And thank you so much for tuning in to chat cast. It's been a real pleasure as always. And I'll see you uh, in a couple of Thursdays. You've been listening to Chatcast with Tracy Dunblazer, the award-winning spiritual podcast that takes on all the hard topics. Join us next time for more in-depth conversations about life and relationships. Thanks for listening.